Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive into the updates, interviews, and yes, processes that will help your organization thrive. My name is Rami Alijil, and my goal is to help HR managers and business owners create an environment where their people are their organization's competitive advantage. Today we'll be doing a Q&A session. Uh, we've gotten some questions about how organizations can help prepare employees for a timely retirement. And we're also gonna go in to talking about what would happen if an employee's appearance dramatically changes. May an employer explain to coworkers that the employee has a major illness. Oh, and don't forget, we post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and I would love to hear from you on there with any questions. You can also subscribe to us by going to peopleprocesses.com, where you will receive special subscriber-only content for free. People Processes is also available wherever you get your podcast, and it syndicates on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio. So let's dive right in. How can an organization prepare employees for a timely requirement? This is the actual question. Uh, kind of, we're anonymizing these a little bit better now. Your workers are anxious about saving enough money for retirement according to results from your organization's latest employee opinion survey. What strategies can you employ to support your employees' retirement planning? Well, employers have a variety of strategies available to support their employees' retirement planning. Um, for today's multi-generational workforce, uh, we recommend the following. Number one and the simplest and the one that probably tells me if, you, if you're having trouble with this, you need to look at a new broker, a new registered rep, a new advisor, targeted education. Opening the channels of communication and customizing the messages are pivotal factors in helping employees improve their retirement readiness. One size fits all is a misnomer. With a few rare instances, it should be one size fits few. Communication should be easy to understand and delivered on a regular basis beginning well before retirement age. Organizations can isolate and target numerous attributes for an employee's personal communications, including demographics like age, gender, education, income, type of work, geographic region. They should be customized for those things. Attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors, whether they maybe have extrinsic or intrinsic um, motivations, whether they're optimistic or fearful, you need to have different communications for these different these different uh, attitudes, beliefs, whether they're cost conscious or risk tolerant, uh, whether they have a strong view of compliance. All those things can change how you communicate, and I think uh, this is a really deep topic, and, and this is where your advisor should really be able to differentiate themselves. Communication expectations. Uh, familiarity, access, time, face-to-face, -face, technology, social, a bunch of different ways you can go about uh, actually communicating with them. So try to set expectations on what that's going to look like. And then also work-life stage, right? So outside of getting near retirement, there's also new hires, mid-career, late-career, people who are Medicaid-eligible, Medicare-eligible, sorry, single, married, children, if they have a life event like getting divorced, having a kid, those should all be triggers for some nice communications. That's going to do more to drive participation than anything else you do, okay? Having said that, if you want to just cheat a little and really help your employees out in the long run, go to an auto-saving arrangement. There's a lot of different types of these, but while targeted education is designed to combat the inertia of of not making changes, auto savings arrangements in defined contribution plans can help ensure that employees are saving at an appropriate rate and in a suitable asset class. While auto saving arrangements can help employees overcome their own natural bias, biases against so 
saving. Note that one-size-fits-all solution can be a drawback if they don't consider the relative financial wellness of individual employees. For example, they may not increase savings quickly enough for a mid-career employee with a low account balance. So if you don't know what an auto uh, savings arrangement is, it's often an opt-out system instead of an opt-in. So maybe when you hire someone, you automatically take 3% of their pay and put it into retirement, whatever matches your match. If they don't want to do it, they totally can. They can opt out right? But if they don't opt out, you're taking that money and putting it into retirement. Opting out rather than opting in is going to increase your participation hugely. You can also design things like auto ups. So maybe you say, you do an enrollment, you say, what would you like to invest in now? And why don't we go ahead and authorize a 1% increase every year for the next five years? Okay. So that, you know, next year you're probably going to get a raise, probably changes this 1% is going to help you grow over time. That kind of stuff is super effective in changing employee behavior. Um, but you do have to watch out. There's some state laws to check out. Your advisor can help you more on that. The last thing to change outside of auto savings and communications is creative match formulas. Employees who find it difficult to overcome savings inertia may benefit from a contribution formula that incentivizes significant deferrals and provides a larger profit share in contribution. A deeper dive into plan data can help plan sponsors analyze changes in staffing based on growth, delayed retirements, unexpected early retirements, aging workforce populations, and let that inform your plan design improvements. While all these strategies can work, each organization is unique and a customized workforce analysis can identify the right answer to meet specific needs. But those are your three tools, targeted education, auto savings, and changing your match, right? That's really all you got to really work on this. Um, and communication, communication, communication is the key. Okay, next question, uh, last question of the day, because these are a little bit more in-depth than our usual ones. If an employee's appearance dramatically changes, may an employer explain to coworkers that the employee has cancer? So here's the question we got, and we've edited this up. Donnie, a hairstylist, has been unable to eat regularly because he's undergoing chemotherapy for melanoma. Well, I'm sorry to hear that about Donnie. Uh, due to a 30-pound weight loss, his appearance has changed dramatically. His coworkers and other clients have been get gossiping about whether he has AIDS. Can the salon owner tell everyone that Donnie has cancer, not AIDS? No. No, don't do that. The salon owner cannot disclose Downey's illness to co-workers and others in the workplace. Despite the concern an employee's co-workers and others may have for the employee's health, the ADA is very clear. It prohibits an employer from revealing that an employee has cancer. An employee, however, may voluntarily choose to tell his co-workers and others that he has cancer and about his treatment. However, even when an employee voluntarily discloses that he has cancer, the employer must keep this information confidential, consistent with the ADA. An employer also may not explain to other employees why an employee with cancer has been absent from work if the absence is related to his cancer or other disability. So don't, don't tell people that I'm, he's out because he has cancer. Don't do that. With limited exceptions, an employer must keep confidential any inf medical information it learns about an applicant or employee. Just period. Under the following circumstances, though, the few exceptions, an employer may disclose an employee has cancer. One, to supervisors and managers, if necessary, to provide a reasonable accommodation or meet an employee's work restriction. Two, to first aid and safety personnel if an employee may need emergency treatment or require some other assistance. Three, individuals investigating compliance with ADA. And four, where needed for workers' compensation or insurance purposes. So, for example, to process a claim. That's it. Process a claim, someone's investigating you, first aid and safety, or their direct supervisor to understand why they have to meet an employee's work restrictions or accommodation needs. That's it. Don't tell anybody else. In this instance, the salon owner should act to discourage the rumors and gossip, but do not reveal that Donnie has cancer. It'll get you in a lot of trouble, even if Donnie doesn't mind, okay? 
Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for the questions. If you'd like to send your own, go to LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Check us out, People Processes, Poplar Financial. You can find us at peopleprocesses.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We're doing uh, unique stuff. We're sending out some subscriber-only content on there that I'm really excited about and developing. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for taking the time with me today. My name is Rami Alijil. Go out there and have a great day and get your work done.